Welcome to this edition of When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine, a discussion of sustainable living and what that means to you and me. I am Jay Warmke. Really? Well, I'm Annie Warmke. <laughs> yes, oh, for sure. And today <laughs> we're going to talk about the state of electrical vehicles, electric vehicles, or who killed the internal combustion engine. So uh, that's that's a take, if obviously. Only. If only. Well, there's that documentary, you know, Who Killed the Electric Vehicle?, and uh, talking about the the first, actually the second round of EVs back in the 1990s, where they came out with all sorts of promise and then disappeared. By, and, by EV, you mean electric vehicle. Yeah, EVs. You, you scientists. I will that. be talking about EVs. So, all right. Um, well, if you if you mention any more of those little letters that don't mean anything, if you don't know about these things, uh, could you? explain or yeah, okay. interrupt. So and and there are different types. I guess we should sort of uh, create a baseline here. There's hybrid vehicles. Hybrid vehicles are, you know, like the uh, Prius where you've got electric batteries in conjunction with an internal combustion engine, uh, but there's no way to plug it in. It it charges itself. Then there's plug-in hybrid vehicles. Well, they are Prius too. Yeah, our Prius uh, Prime is is a plug-in electric vehicle so you can plug it in charge it in this case the first 35 miles are fully electric and then from then on you're running off the gas engine and then there are fully electric vehicles um do which, they have names yeah i i think they just call them plug-in oh, evs okay. um so anyway those are um, fully electric. And, and of course, some of the downside to the fully electric vehicles that people have worried about is, is range anxiety. Range anxiety meaning I can only go 50 miles, 80 miles, whatever it was in the early days. Um, and then I've got to find a charging station and will I be able to find a charging station? But today's electric vehicles, you're starting to see cars that have 300 mile range, 350 mile range, and and that's as much as a full tank of gas. So the range anxiety is kind of going away, although it is being replaced a little bit with how long is it going to take me to recharge it? Say well, I'm also, how many people are in the car and how much weight do you have in it? And then that's going to influence vary the it a little bit. But but what you're going to find is most people think about. I'm driving to my Aunt Sally's in Boise, Idaho. How the heck am I going to get there? When in reality, 99% of their driving is four or five miles going to work, you know, five or 10 miles coming home, going to the grocery store. So, so it's really not an issue, but people think it's an issue. So, so we have to address that. So. Well, one of the things that I think is interesting is um, you and I have gotten to the point, I think, with our Prius Prime that we're going to um, we're going to drive sometimes where we can plug it in while we're at the coffee shop or we're at the uh, while we're hiking or whatever that is so that it's almost completely recharged. So we're driving back on the electric motor. Yeah. In fact, we plan our little trips around. Sometimes we do. You know, but is there a place to plug in? The other thing is you mentioned names of hybrids, but are there names of vehicles currently? I know there's a truck that's going to be oh, yeah, completely yeah. I'm going to get to those in a oh, bit, okay. but, but I've got my little um, Your schedule sheets. of things to talk about. So, <laughs> okay. so without talking about specific vehicles yet, I wanted to talk about the global growth um, of electric vehicles because um, about 7% of the U.S. fleet today is fully electric or hybrid. 
So it's still quite a minority, although it's uh, the surveys show that about 39% of people say the next vehicle they're going to buy is going to be an electric vehicle or a hybrid. So that's well, sort well, of right now there aren't that many cars for sale, even well, used yeah. cars. So well, maybe people are really going to change their mind. Well, let's assume that's a temporary situation. We're going to kind of gloss over the fact that it doesn't matter what kind of vehicle you want right now, you ain't going to get one. But uh, you think the the lack of um, components that that they don't have right now that they're running short on, so they can't finish manufacturing the cars is that you think that's going to get better oh yeah yeah it's everything you know people want to make money so today it's mostly a computer chip issue at the moment but uh it's going to be something else at some other future date and with electric vehicles it's probably going to be batteries lithium ion uh, batteries are going to be in short supply at some point who knows what else it might be or the we run out chain, of lithium uh, we're not going to run out of lithium, but we may run out of, you know, batteries, ready, well, ready to use If we go to, to war batteries. with one of the countries, the few countries okay, where there's well, lithium. Well, let's not go down that because then we might run into... We'll just get angry at each other yeah, and then we won't let them export right. to okay. us. Okay, so um, the, today, our 2020, I'll say that's the most um, recent, there were about 1.8 million EVs, electric vehicles in the U.S. That... Sounds like a lot, may not sound like a lot, but it's three times as many as were here four years earlier. So that's showing the rate of growth there. But when it comes to electric vehicles, the U.S. is not the big player. The big player is China. China has 44% of all the electric vehicles used in the world, which is pretty dramatic. Well, the... the I, I won't go there, but one thing I wanted to say is that the last time I was in France, which is seven years ago, all of the taxis downtown uh, were um, Prius plug-ins, so they weren't completely electric, sure. and they had lots of um, motor scooters that you could uh, put your credit card in and take, and they also had those cars that you can rent where you put your credit card in, and they were all electric, and that's seven years ago, so they're ahead of us. Well, yeah, Europe is 31%, yeah. so if you figure that the U.S. is 17% of the EVs in the world, Europe, 31, China, 44, if you do the math, that leaves 8% everybody else, so the big three players are going to be China, Europe, United States. Um, when you talk about adoption in, um, in Europe, Norway leads all the countries. 75% of all new vehicles in Norway are electric vehicles. You well, can if, compare that to 4.6% worldwide. If China has got 44%, but do they have as many cars as we do? Because they're they getting didn't there. used I to. I think they might. I don't know that for sure, but they're, they're growing so dramatically that um, we're, it's just, it's astounding. I mean, everybody in China wants a car, just like everybody in the U.S. used to want a car. I don't want to say that now because the millennials are more like, uh, not so not so sure about the car. Well, you got to be able to afford it. Yeah. So um, by 2025, and this is government projections, and I will caveat this by saying government projections are almost always wrong. So... <laughs> Yeah, oh, you have little faith. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, especially around renewables and things uh, like that. But the um, they're saying 20% of all cars sold in the U.S. will be electric by 2025. 
Um, wow, that's four years from now. Yeah, but but then when you look at another article, it said in the first half of 2021, 26% of all cars globally were EVs and that the EV sales in the U.S. increased by 160%. So clearly by 2025, they're going to be wrong. It's probably by 2022, you know, we're going to start seeing this kind of thing. In fact, all of the major manufacturers of automobiles have announced that they're converting their fleets over to um, fully electric vehicles. So that's going to, that's the new norm. We are in the age of renewable energy, like it or not. I like it. Up to our necks. Yeah, it's it. The fossil fuel age is over. We have killed the internal combustion engine. And by saying that, we didn't kill it. No, it's always going to be around. Well, it'll be around for different reasons. Nobody's getting a new lawnmower just because or. Yeah, it's not going to be the norm. And cars stay around for a long time, just as you sort of intimated. I'm not going to get rid of my car just because there's a newer, shinier thing. Well, um, some people some will, people do, but, but then but somebody not, buys them. It's not a normal thing, and people are waiting in line for used cars right now. Yeah, it stays in the fleet until one of our next-door neighbors owns it, and it ends up rusting Or until the government <laughs> decides, oh, we don't want anybody to have used cars, so we're going to fill them up with some kind of foam to ruin the engine. Yeah, that was that cash for clunkers thing, which was a way of trying to change out the fleet to get to a more efficient um, fleet. You know, it was a way to bail out corporate America. Oh, I don't know. You. You talking about me being ye of little? I'm. Things. That's the truth. You are cynical, like Lily Tomlin said, right? No matter how cynical right. I get, it's never enough. That is not true. <laughs> no, There's I, always more. Yes. Okay. So that's just what I said. <laughs> All right. So so one of the issues, and again, this is one of those um, things that people will say: electric vehicles are expensive. Okay, they have been. They were. They're getting cheaper, and they're getting cheaper all the time. But all cars are expensive. Yeah, it's outrageous really. right now. For sure. In fact, uh, I was looking that up. The average cost of a car today, of a gasoline car, is $40,000 wow. in the U.S. That is the average cost of a of, of vehicle. Um, the average cost of an electric vehicle is 51500 Okay, so so there is some credibility to the argument to say, all right, electric vehicles cost more. They're more expensive. I know, but what's the true cost? Because if you consider the fact it has less pollution overall, even from the construction of it, and you consider the cost to you directly, that that disparity between those two is not really so great. Right. Well, what what I will point out, in the next bullet item, but <laughs> actually two bullet items from now, is is some of the studies have shown that the if you talk about the cost of fuel, um, you're going to save about $10,000 over the life of the car with an EV versus a gas engine. So right there, you're back to parity. But um, even though I'm saying that the cost of an electric vehicle is 51.5, um, there are a lot of electrical, electric vehicles cheaper than that right now. So if cost is an issue, um, the cheapest one I found uh, is the Mini Cooper. You know, you really? always like those little Mini Coopers. Yeah, they're the so British cute. Yeah. yeah, they have an electric vehicle now, 30750 bucks. Uh, the right, Chevy the Prius Prime is, is in the 30000 Yeah, but that's a hybrid. That's oh, okay. Hybrid. Um, the Chevy Bolt, 
Bolt is 37.5, Nissan Leaf around 32.5. You can get all the way up to some of the Teslas, like the Tesla Model 3 was between 41,000 and 58,000, depending on options. And then that Tesla Model S, which is what people really think about when they're thinking about the sporty electric vehicle, that can go all the way up to $100,000. But obviously there are electric vehicles out there or regular vehicles out there like Jaguar or whatever that can be well over $100,000. So um, every, every market has its little um, niche there where you've got luxury cars and a lot. But what I wanted to point out is there's this thing called rights law. And actually this is a new term to me. They talk about it in the articles like everybody knows what rights law is. And apparently Wright's Law is a, a thing that was developed by a guy, Theodore Wright, back in the 1930s. And he was estimating the cost of products, how they will decline as production increases. So that's the theory around it. So more makes for less cost. Yeah, yeah, the economies of scale, basically. And his prediction shows, and apparently the cost of electric vehicles has followed this pretty closely, that the battery costs will fall about 28% every time you double production. So there was an interesting article that talked about the comparison, and they said in 2019, a Toyota Camry cost $24,000, okay? And a 350-mile electric vehicle cost $50,000. So that's 2019. Following Wright's law, in 2021, the Camry will cost $25,000, and the electric vehicle will cost $39,000. So we'll drop $11,000. Because 20... they're, they're producing more of those right. particular cars. Yeah, by 2023, Camry's $26,000, the electric vehicle's $26,000. So this is the market sort of... Clearing itself, yeah, equalizing things. Well, the interesting yeah. thing is by 2025, the Camry will cost 26000 The electric vehicle will cost 18000 Bring so, it on. So within four or five years, we're looking at following Wright's law anyway, electric vehicles being substantially less expensive than internal combustion engines, which at that point, you know, Katie bar the door, that's... Uh, it, it really brings on the fully-fledged electric vehicle. But you, you'd like to say when there's something going on over here, there's also a lot of things going on over here. And so I know we need to break, but I want to say something about that. Okay, we'll say something about it. But in the meantime, um, I, you have been listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine with Jay and Annie Warmke, reminding you it is indeed the end of the world <laughs> as we know it. And thank God. Thank God. So as you said, as something's going on over here, something else is going on over there. So what, what were you going to comment about that? Well, I'm thinking there are a lot of things churning right now. There's a recession. There are no microchips. Um, people are deciding they don't want to work at full-time jobs. Uh, they don't want to work at 60-hour-a-week jobs, even if they have an education. People who have an education can't get a job. Um, Things, things are out of spinning out of control. And so it strikes me as Wright's Law may, may be true. I believe it is. But I don't think we're going to exactly where you say we're going. Probably not. Well, there's also some other things, other factors in here. Like currently there's a tax credit. So if you buy a fully um, 
electrified vehicle, you can deduct $7,500 as a tax credit. So right there, you're taking 7,500 bucks off. And uh, the Biden bill that's currently before Congress proposes to increase that to $12,500. Well, shoot, in a couple of years, if a car costs 18,000 and you get 12,500 back, that seems pretty unrealistic. Yeah. I mean, car companies are going to jack the price up just, oh, yeah. you know, say, oh, here's after tax credit price, you know, how that all works. But the other thing that's going on over there is the rise of the Indian and Chinese automobile manufacturing world. Because yeah. we're, not, we're not that aware that pretty much the best-selling car in the world is made by Wu Ling Hong Yong. Um, wow, I'm impressed. Uh, you can it's see. wrong. I'm sure it's wrong. <laughs> well, Anyone who speaks Chinese or is even familiar with this is going, what the heck is he talking about? But there's a mini EV. And it has outsold like everything in China. Uh, and it has a retail price of $4,200. I know. And they're cute as can be. I saw this guy who tests vehicles for a kind of like a, a video podcast thing. And it, it's adorable. And it really did handle well and had good pickup. And But it was so tiny. And he was big. And the guy that went with him was big. <laughs> but I would love it. It's I don't the, know what it would do on a country road with a goat in the back of it. But it was... I don't know that it was designed to carry goats, <laughs> but it does have a top uh, miles per hour of 62 miles per hour. So, oh, that wouldn't work for and me And it would all. probably be crushed like a like a yeah. you know Dixie cup by With one of these. With those big uh, Ford trucks that are electric that are going right. to come out of nowhere. Yeah. But of course, there's an Indian manufacturer, Tata, which is um, a big, yeah. big selling vehicle. And there's um, BYD Auto. BYD Auto is huge in China. And I, I love that the BYD stands for Build Your Dreams. So wow. Build Your Dreams. The and India manufacturer, I saw that car being test driven too. And it was really adorable. And it had good pickup and they really liked it. Yeah. Well, Warren Buffett owns 8% of the BYD Auto. Well, there you go. Yeah, and then there's, of course, S-A-I-C Motor. Oh, good pronunciation. Is, is that I, Chinese, I too? I'm sure it is, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the largest Chinese automaker. And then Japeng, uh, I guess, X-P-E-N-G. Um, and this is an automaker uh, formed by executives from Alibaba, which is like the world's largest, what, eBay, Amazon yeah, type, yeah. type thing. Um, so, so you know, America, we're we're always so American focused. We think, you know, if it ain't American, it ain't no yeah, good. Yeah, but all this stuff is going over here, going on yeah, over here. Yeah, and it's going to come here. You know, we're gonna we're gonna suddenly find ourselves buying Indian and Chinese vehicles. Well, the import duty on that's going to be well, unbelievable. There will be, there will be a resistance. There always is, but. But this changes the market, and and what it does is it starts to push down pressure. It puts pressure to bring the prices down. If Tata comes into the U.S. market offering a nice car for less than ten thousand bucks, you know, Ford, GM, uh, they got to compete. You know. Well, one of the challenges in. And I'm sure you're going to laugh at me about this, but we need big vehicles because people are too big to fit in those little vehicles. And every time I see one of these huge trucks that look like an army tank or these use these large SUVs or even like, you know, some of the big 
luxury cars themselves. And I think, gosh, there's no way we could ever move to smaller vehicles because people can't get in them. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, that's true. It won't be driving. That might be safer. I don't uh, know. I don't know. We're, you know, things always seem to just sort of deteriorate. It's part of the universe. We're always going towards entropy or whatever. So, um, okay, well, an, away from that, let's let's talk a little bit about the cost of fuel in electric vehicle because this is a new, speaking of resistance, erupting is a little bit of a controversy. Um you know, the fuel cost comparisons, if you look out there, there's millions of studies about what is the cost of electric vehicle driving versus uh, gas driving. And it's hard to compare. It's hard to get a, um, a true comparison. Uh, the general consensus is that it costs about $1.16 per equivalent gallon to charge your vehicle. But but that's going to be different depending on how you're charging it, whether you're right. getting your power from a solar array right. or you buy it. Every system is different, even from one electric company provider to another. Sure, and how your uh, what your driving behavior is like. So so you get into a whole bunch of you know uh, lies, damn lies, and statistics. You know you get into a bunch of that. But recently um, there was an article that was just produced. Uh, I saw it in uh, Car and Driver, so I'm sure they're on. You were reading Car and Driver, I, I was wow, it Car. Online. And uh, there's a company or a group called the Anderson Economic Group, and they came out with a study that basically said gas engine cars are cheaper to drive than electric vehicle. Who cars. funded that? Well, it turns out they're a consulting firm for the gas engine <laughs> yes, vehicle right. drivers. <laughs> and, and it's funny because Detroit, you know, even the Detroit Free Press, the car and driver, they jumped all over this saying, see, 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 we told you, we told you. Um, you know, all these obituaries about internal combustion, they're premature, it's actually cheaper and blah, blah, blah. Well, then people started actually reading the study which uh, was contrary to pretty much every other study. It's sort of like when you get 999 scientists saying the world has global warming and then one guy goes, no, it doesn't. And everybody jumps on that one. So uh, anyway, they, it turned out they were comparing entry-level gas cars to luxury electric <laughs> vehicles. They also said 40% of all of your vehicle charging is going to be at public charging stations. What, we don't have a plug-in in our house? No, apparently not. And and you don't really, you know, we can't even find a plug-in plug station around here. So it's not very, it's not realistic. It, and I think what, what happened is everybody who wanted it to be true jumped out there and said, see, it's true. And then almost immediately it was kind of like, well, no, not really. I mean, it made some valid points, but it really is not true. I think the, the general consensus is driving an electric vehicle will save you, at least according to Consumer Reports, about $4,700 in gas over the first seven years and 10000 over the life. But then there's also cost savings in maintenance. Right, because it doesn't have moving parts. It doesn't have, well, it has moving parts, but it doesn't well, have, like the wheels doesn't and have the oil and, right. and filters and engines and all those things that wear out. Um, the, the other issue I've heard a lot about when you talk about maintenance is, okay, that's fine, 
but those batteries don't last forever and they're a huge part of the cost of the vehicle right they can't we refix repair them well you can't really repair them but you can replace them you know like a like a worn out battery and whatever you own and the numbers i saw well first off the u.s government requires that they warranty these things for at least eight years so so that's a requirement but most of the ev manufacturers will warranty your your battery for 10 years wow that's so amazing eight to 10 years so it's basically it would be like saying nothing's going to go wrong with your engine for 10 years yeah well people would think that would be great but the cost of replacing an uh, electric vehicle battery is around $5,500. Ouch. So, well, it's a lot. But remember, we had to change out the fuel pump in, in our old Toyota. It was like $2,300 just yeah, for, for a the fuel, fuel pump. pump. So cars are expensive to yeah. fix. Well, that's how sure. they're making a lot of their money is in replacement parts. But if you figure the cost is $5,500 every 10 years, you know, that's not a lot uh, in maintenance costs. Now, obviously, there are going to be things like tires and Well, other there's issues. other moving parts like yeah. suspension and things like that. But one thing that I would like to see is the true cost. I, I think that that I'm waiting for the day when somebody says this is this is what you want to buy. Okay, here's the true cost. So you can make a real decision about whether Walmart's version is cheaper than the the one that's down at the local hardware yeah, store. Yeah, there are probably so many variables you're never going to identify. Well, I'd like to see so something attempt. So what's the cost attempt. of the pollution to somebody living in Bolivia or the Well, they actually strife. know some of that. You can, but I, I think it's a noble goal. Probably not ever going to happen. I think they could do some <laughs> some version of it. All right, so um, the other issue that I want to hit on quickly is uh, charging time because this is another thing that I hear from people all the time. And it's a little bit confusing when you talk about charging. There's there's level one, level two, and level three charging. Level one's basically you're plugging into a regular outlet, plugging your car into it. Like at your house. Yeah, at your house. That's going to take a long time. I mean, it, it's, uh, I think they were saying, I think if I remember like three miles per hour, basically, if you're going to so if you had 35. Maybe it's more than that. It's got to be more than that. Seven miles per hour. Yeah, seven miles per hour. Because I know our car gets about 35 miles and it takes about six hours or so. Yeah, but we just do it overnight. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, it's not a big deal. But um, then there's the level two, which is a 240. Um, and it's faster for sure. Um, and and that's the other thing so uh, that people are concerned about because these cars are getting bigger and bigger batteries, longer and longer range. So let's say with a level two, and I'm just throwing a number out there, but let's say it does 20 miles an hour, you know, um, at that higher speed, better than seven, a lot. But what's than the seven. one at the armory? Right, because just that's a level two. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it gets say 20 miles per hour. Well, if you've got a 350 mile range vehicle, and it's doing 20 miles per hour, then doing the math, <laughs> you see how bad I'm, 18 hours, is that right? A little more than that. Yeah, so in that range. So, um, you know, that's a long time, 18 hours. It's not impossible. It might even be more because it takes longer to charge the last few percent. Could be, but you'll get 90, 95%. So that's not real practical, especially if you're on a trip and you drive 350 miles and then you got to wait 18 hours before you can keep going. So then the level three, which is high voltage DC charge, 
which is going to uh, do about 20 minutes, uh, 250 miles of 20, 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Yeah. So, blah, blah, boom, that's a smoker. So that's where we're going. <laughs> we're getting to high speed. What um, are the ones at the speedways? Those are level three chargers. Oh, okay, So you cool. pull in, have a, get, have a cup of coffee, go to the bathroom. You're pretty much ready to go. All right, speaking of ready to go, you've been listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine with Jay and Annie Warmke. Um, I want to thank our always fully charged producer, Adam Rich, <laughs> and thank you for spending just a little bit of time with us. And as your grandmother probably told you, secret to a happy and sustainable life is... Play nice with others, clean up your own mess, and eat your veggies, Jay. You need them. In my electric. Okay. Till next time. You can find more information on living sustainably in our unsustainable world at blueroxstation.com. Yeah.